I'm the twins' grandma. My quote for the day is, life is just a bowl of cherries. Gams is adorable. She's just the cutest. She is the cutest. So this is, that was our grandmother, and she has a saying where life is just a bowl of cherries. Corey, what does that mean? You know, I technically don't know, but if you ever bring up a story like how life isn't working out your way, that's her response (laughs) to bowl of cherries. (laughs) So this is episode nine, which means we've been doing this for eight weeks confusingly, but there was a little issue with numbering the episodes in the trailer. Heather is using the trailer as his own episode, even though it was like less than two minutes It's our most listened to episode. This isn't good for us. (laughs) Okay, no. Um, But I don't know if anyone likes to hear the podcast stats. So we've been doing this for eight weeks, and as of today, we have 8,000 listens which means 8,000 ear canals have suffered through these high-pitched hey, voices. I'll tell you. I honestly didn't know stats when it came to podcasts, but I realized Wait, a lot We of, didn't know podcasts no, when it came to Okay, true. Okay. Uh, yeah, I'm following. <laughs> but the interesting thing is, so the average listen to from episode one through six is whatever it is, right? But on episode seven, where you did that publicity stunt saying, I can't believe what the twins said about cows, it tripled the listen rate. Okay. Okay, but now on episode eight, where it was no stun, it was just normal. Boring, <laughs> Boring it, twins. It went to double. So it really truly does work, those marketing stunts, unfortunately. They're annoying. But they work. Boy, do they work. <laughs> so I'm Heather from Sugar Cookie Marketing Group on Facebook, and I'm here with my twin sister. Our voices are so similar that even the AI software cannot differentiate us which is terrible when it comes to transcripting this. Yeah, so you'll never know if it's actually just Corey doing the entire podcast, talking like an insane person, like two people, or if it's Maybe this entire group is run by one person who has a split personality, a hilarious twin she calls herself Heather, and then the reality, Corey, an insane (laughs) Someone did say, I thought you were talking to yourself as like a way to get engagement on your post. Not a bad idea. Hey, hey. So Corey and I have been in digital marketing for, um, I think I've been doing it for 12 years. Corey's been in sales since forever. Um, And I think, and so we come from a Facebook group called Sugar Cookie Marketing, where we teach people how to learn how to market their baking business. So most of them are sugar cookie decorators, but we have a few Mac people. We have a few cake people. We got the brownie folk. There's one cheesecake guy. There's one cheesecake ninja out there. Right. So it's a great group. And I think we've just reopened the doors. So if you've been dying to get inside, you're welcome. (laughs) Yeah, we're excited to grow, um, you know, at a at a good rate that keeps everyone in their businesses growing, but also keeps the group focused as well. So I am super excited to open those floodgates. Okay, so just a quick run through of what we're going to cover out in the podcast intro. Obviously, had my grandmother doing a cameo, which is great. Mm-hmm. Um, the marketing minutes will be something we cover with a marketing strategy that benefits your business. A lot of times it's about pricing, sometimes it's about other things, but it's to put more dollars in your pocket. Right. Um, after that, the business of baking is a little bit less marketing focused and more business focused. Mm-hmm. So, things that we as business owners find help us that we think can help you. So that's a great one. Oh, Corey's yeah. just looking at me deadpan. I'm looking for feedback. Okay. All right. Coming. I'm going to give you some, I'm going to wink at you. Okay. <laughs> this is a podcast. They cannot see you winking. Wink, wink. Okay. Then we go through voicemails where people have called in or texted in or emailed in some various questions. Really breaks up from hearing my my voice and Corey's voice. Amen. So that's my helpful. favorite part. Uh, then we go through a couple group things that we're doing from lives or challenges. And then we finish up with twin to twin. That was a, that was a tongue twister. We're just babies. <laughs> so Corey, you want to introduce, I know you love talking about popcorn pricing. So this is the marketing minute. We want to talk about popcorn pricing as our favorite subject because it is an amazing pricing strategy popcorn pricing and the way it got its name isn't because we love popcorn it actually was i love popcorn i honestly do love popcorn when me and heather go to the theater we get a little popcorn and then we go to the butter butter thing and we just keep holding it down keep holding it down there's a line for me (laughs) um we even leave the movie halfway through to re-butter up Uh for the last (laughs) mommy and ray's no fool (laughs) um but popcorn pricing comes from the name that uh, theaters use when they upsell you on their popcorn bags and their Coke, Coke, soda, cocaine, pop, whatever you want. <laughs> um, but I actually looked up AMC is a local theater here. I'm sure there are many of them everywhere around, but AMC is the one we typically find ourselves in to watch Tom Cruise movies. But I actually looked at their pricing for you, Corey. Oh, tell me. Okay. So it's interesting. They don't even offer a small, instead they call it regular. 
I see what they're doing there. Right. So they have regular and large sizes. The regular size popcorn is $8.79. Okay. That is highway robbery, but go on. Popcorn is good. I'll buy it. The large pricing is $9.79. So it's not, it's just $1 difference. It's a dollar difference. Oh my, this is guy. this is why popcorn pricing works. I would, if I was in line right now at AMC, it would be a no brainer if I knew Heather was going to be eating the popcorn with me that I would get a large for a dollar extra. I would, I'd feel like an idiot if I said a regular. Okay. Let me hit you with the Coke prices. Hit me. You know, I'm ready to cook I'm just kidding. (laughs) Sorry, guys. They're regular, so they do the same pricing structure, regular and large. Okay. So the regular is $6.49. Okay. The large is $6.99. Oh, my mind is blown. For 50 cents, you can go from a regular Joe Schmo Tiny to cup. more soda than your heart could ever drink. So AMC has it on lockdown. They do understand that, you know, people are, are there. They want popcorn and a soda pop if you call it i don't know we call it coke up here for some odd reason mm-hmm. um but they know that you're going to be there you get you want to eat snacks while you watch your movie um and you're not going to be stuck with the regular size you would it'd be a no-brainer you'd have to i don't even know isn't it the size is so different a large popcorn looks, bowl can fit my, a head can fit in it the and wild part is the ice in the soda will melt before the movie's over you'd have to get a refill i have anyways. never finished a Coke or a popcorn in a movie ever. Absolutely not. But my my mind says, I need this, I need this. But the big thing is, you're saying, if I pay 50 cents more, I save so much money because the the, the Coke bottle is double the size. Yeah. But you didn't save money. You spent fifty cents more. I did. But in my mind, yeah. Oh, I feel like I I got away with murder. Right. Theft. Thievery. Yeah. Here's the thing. That's why popcorn pricing is so fascinating because it benefits both parties. And rare. Rare Rare in Do leave a sale Mm -hmm. with a So you feel like you got more and I made more as the seller. I made mistake. So it's fascinating that popcorn pricing actually drives us to spend more while thinking we saved more, which we didn't. We spent more. The easiest way to save money is not spend it. Amen. Do you think, let me give them a how to tie it into baking since okay. someone's like, like I don't sell popcorn. How does You're this like, Why is this popcorn movie <laughs> Why are the twins obsessed with popcorn today? <laughs> it's because we haven't eaten it. It's one o'clock. Um, the goal with popcorn pricing is to constantly push your customers to the next level, tier, package, whatever you want to call it. Uh, Heather and I actually tested this with DIY kits one month last year. We ended up with a small, a medium, and a large, like your typical three sizes. I'm going to call the, the medium a regular. Let's just call it a regular now. Let's call it the small, like, peon. Irregular. <laughs> You're irregular if you get a small. You're just basic. <laughs> um, but we had our small kit actually overpriced. Our middle kit was priced slightly over the middle of the difference between the small to medium size and our most expensive was a no-brainer, was our larger kit. That sounded so confusing, so I'm going to break it down just a pinch for With you. dummy prices. So these we, aren't yeah, our dumb- real prices because we want to keep math easy. You guys are listening to us on a podcast. We're already difficult to understand. Yeah, so let me hit you with some easy math, mostly because hard math is difficult for me. So I'm doing this more for myself. Um, let's see if we price the small kit at $6. Our medium kit, our regular kit, if you're Heather, um, is $8.50 and our large kit is $10. We got that. We have six, eight, fifty, ten. The difference between the small and medium kit, Heather, is how much? How much make me do? Six, seven, eight. Two dollars and fifty cents. Yep. Two dollars and fifty cents. While the difference between the medium and large is what? Two dollars and fifty. Eight. Two dollars. One dollar fifty. Oh my goodness. Okay. Well, let's <laughs> retry. That is insanity. Okay. Why would you ask me to do math? I thought you yeah, just literally said it was easy math. You literally said double easy math. double six is twelve, large is ten. I okay, okay. The difference between the small and medium is you do this. Okay, guys. <laughs> okay, the difference between the small and medium is two fifty. While the difference between the medium and large is only a dollar. I now see her show notes, and it is written there. I'm so sorry. Oh my goodness, I had written it for her. She was literally had her calculator out doing the math. Um, but if you see, our small kit is actually overpriced, and there's a reason for that. We want to actually deter people from buying our smaller kit. It only has six cookies. If we're doing a DIY kit, it's a little overpriced. It almost is a no-brainer to go to the medium kit. Okay, the medium kit is going to – it's going to be good, and it's a good option, but it's not the best option. That's our large kit. That's why we have our stepping stones between the small and medium larger than the stepping stone between the medium and large. Mm. We're always pushing people to that next tier. So we want our large kit to look like it is a steal. Like 
that like we'd be dumb. Why are you even selling it? Like they don't realize they priced it like this. Exactly. So if you think of our small kid is $6 and our large kid is $10, it's not even double the price, but it's double the product. Right. It's, it's almost, even if you can make it more than double, it's whatever it is, the, the, the psychology behind it is amazing. I can look at Corey's pricing structure and say, okay, small kids, six bucks. Again, dummy prices. These are way too low, but yeah. we're just doing this because clearly Corey and I can't add we'll or subtract that. anyways. So we got six bucks. I say small kid. Okay, let's pretend small kid, four cookies. Let's pretend the large kid has eight. So double. Yeah. So I'd say, okay, if I'm getting double the amount, I should pay double. So six, six, 12. Okay, I'll pay you 12. Oh my goodness. She doesn't realize it's only 10. So what do you think most customers would end up with? They'll end up with the large because they feel like they're saving money, but they're not. They're spending more, but they feel like they're saving and we're getting more. It wins across the board. Exactly. And people will buy the small kit. Just maybe they only right. want you four cookies. You still left it as an option, but here's the thing, Corey. Yeah. Tell me. Instead of lowering the price of your large kit to make that double, you raise the price of your small kit. Why? Because one, it's popcorn pricing structure. And two, you still let people have the option for the small kit if they truly didn't want to buy a lot. But three, when you do smell, sell, smell, when you do sell that small kit, you're making more per sale of small kits. Yeah. So your margins are higher on the small kit, um, which we all know small kits are annoying to do. Um, but you, we ended up, Heather and I ended up selling mostly large kits. Mm-hmm. I think we maybe sold just a handful of small kits of people who had like two kids that they didn't want them fighting over the same mm-hmm. box. But we left with our highest margin being our top seller. And that is why popcorn pricing works both for the seller and for the buyer. Everyone leaves that sale happy. Yeah. So to recap, without the math problem there, to recap, what we said is you're going to have kind of three pricing. Popcorn pricing can work off of twos or fives, but we want to keep it pretty simple, right? Because we're not trying to reinvent the wheel. So Corey and I keep it to three. Small, medium, large. That's what we're conditioned to. Your small will be more. Your If I bought two small kids, it'll be more than the price of my large. But you'd get the same amount of stuff. Get the same In amount essence. of stuff. So that's the key there is that my small kit, if I bought two, I'd be losing. I just turn around and buy the large kit. I get more. Exactly. Two, I'm making a face to Heather. I just want to interrupt. Imagine if I said the small kit was two, the medium four, and the large was eight. I'll just get the small kit. I'm not, not lose. I'm not gaining anything by spending more money. And now you've allowed me to look back at my budget and be like, well, I shouldn't be spending right. eight anyways. There's no, there's the no different, incentive. There's no incentive. There's no push. Um, so you almost have to just be like, oh yeah, I'm going to do, I have two bucks. I'm just going to do the small one. Um, versus if we priced it with that step ladder pricing where the gap is smaller as we get to our highest margin item, which is our large, uh, it makes you stand and think it's the popcorn effect at AMC theater. AMC theater doesn't care what the price of the regulars. That's the decoy. You're thinking like idiots. I'm going to buy a large, just double the size. These guys don't even get it. No, the D, the what is overpriced is the regular. What's accurately priced is probably the large. I still feel it. My, my wallet still it's feels like it's big. overpriced. It's yeah, there's no, in no world should you be spending $10 for a soda. Right. Um, so it's decoy pricing is technically what popcorn pricing is. Um, and it, it works like a charm. It works so well that it works on me every single day. It's the same concept of the different type of strategies you see free shipping or spend this mm, much to get free shipping please. or buy one, get one 50% Sign off. Me up. These are just ways that pricing psychology drives us up to the next year of prices. And when it works in both favors, mm-hmm. it's a win-win. Then they leave the sale happy, feeling like they, you know, stole from you, I guess. Mm-hmm. And you leave happy knowing that you stole, you stole from, from them. them. <laughs> I'm just kidding. It that is, is not true. That's exactly what marketing is. Thievery. <laughs> <laughs> so that is my favorite thing is popcorn pricing. I know we get a lot of questions on it. I hope minus our math uh, foo bar there uh, that you kind of got it. I, don't let them do easy math. Corey added a 50 cent in there. Obviously it threw me. I was not planning yeah, to factor that's what It'll throw people who are yeah. buying so you, from So when you add in cents, it makes it confusing because I can't do the math as easy as two, four, six. Exactly. Three, six, nine, right? When I can do those real easy, I can be like, there's no deal here. Yeah. But you could even do a little bit easier math. I love that you threw 50 cents in the middle. 50 cents is feels like nothing. When I think 50 cents, two quarters can find that in the uh, lawn outside somewhere, mm-hmm. I'm sure. So 50 cents is easy to justify. But it's also confusing enough that you're like, mm, there's something here. I know if I buy a large, I'm getting more. We, we didn't come up with this. It's We're conditioned to feel that if we yeah. buy more, 
if we spend a little bit more and we get a lot more, that's a deal. We had one time in the group, somebody said, I will not try to rip off my customers like that. But I want Heather just to touch on, I know th- I think you maybe did it last time, just the Wegmans flowers. I go to Wegmans, Weggy Boo's all the time. And as such, I can kind of monitor as their prices start to fluctuate. So typically, I think 12 long stem red roses is 20 bucks. Yeah. Right? The week leading up to Valentine's Day, it's magically 30 bucks. And they'll have one there. They'll have a single rose that is $8. Right. So I could buy one rose, which is still romantic, (laughs) but I could buy one rose for $8 or I could get... 20 roses, I mean, 12 roses for $20. So what they've done is they have created decoy a rose. decoy pricing. Why would I ever buy one rose for eight when I can get 12 for 20? Especially if you have 12 girlfriends, then you could just give them each one. Oh, 12 honeys out there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I hope we don't see each other. <laughs> um, that's all I had for popcorn pricing. I hope we either confused you a lot or made sense a little. I'm going to get a popcorn tonight, though, because that sounds delicious. I know. It's because we're so hungry I'm right so now. Hungry. I'm so hungry. It's why my math is off, guys. It wasn't <laughs> It was my belly. It's a brain. <laughs> um, now on to the business of baking. I this know Corey is, really wanted to touch on I this. Did. I like it. I like it a lot. Okay. I like it because because Corey wants to talk a little bit about protecting your mental health as a business owner. My dad would always say, I wouldn't wish business ownership on my worst enemy. And I was like, what do you mean? And I'm like, oh, that's... That's fair. It, when you are a business owner, you might think you're a baker, but you are so much more than a baker. You are accounting, you mm-hmm. are HR, you are packaging, you Reputation are Reputation management, web development, photography. Social media. It is exhausting to be a business owner. You're like, but I just want to decorate cookies. Uh-uh. But not if you're a business. But that is why I wanted to touch on why mental health is so important and why you need to spend as much time protecting it as you possibly can. So I have maybe four or five maybe six easy steps that you could implement today and your brain would be happy for it tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Um, I know what I want to say about Heather, like baking is so much fun. And a lot of people are like, oh my goodness, I love seeing my customers faces when they pick up their stuff. But on the other side of it, it can be very isolating. You're in your kitchen at 1 a.m. in the morning. You know, the family might get a little bit angry with you. Always, I got to bake this. I got to make this, you know, and they become resentful toward it. Um, You also compare yourself to other people Mm. and that steals a lot of joy. Mm. Um, At the end of the day, if your business doesn't have you, you don't have a business. And that's why protecting your mental health is so important for your success. So I'm going to take the first one. I'm going to have Heather take the second one of the one I chose, but set up an autoresponder on Facebook. Love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. Because it is automation, which we're going to get to. It is automation. Heather, has anyone ever passed away not being able to place an order in the middle of the night? To date, I have zero recorded cases of death caused by not being able to place a cookie order. So your customers are one-track mind. What they are thinking about themselves is themselves. That's the number one. So if they are like, oh, crap, I need cookies for next Friday, and it's 12 at midnight, guess what? They're going to message you. And that's fine. That's the time that they thought about it. I didn't go to bed till one. TikTok would not let me go. (laughs) But that doesn't mean because Heather didn't go to bed at one that I need to accommodate her at one in the morning when she has an idea that pops up. But on the flip side, it also doesn't mean you need to punish me. I just had the idea at one. It had to get taken care of. So how do we handle without offending both of us? What can we do? So setting up auto responders, you can actually, Facebook's made it super intuitive where you can set it to go up at Say if you are like, I stop working, I stop talking to new customers at five at night because that's my family time. That's when I'm cooking dinner. You can have it go up at five and come back down the next morning at seven when you And it does up. it itself. You're not sitting there yes. enabling it. You say, listen, after five, I don't want to respond to anything. So set up this automated message to go out and turn off at seven when I'm back in front of a computer. Exactly. And I have an even idea that you can put on there. So, hey, so-and-so, we are closed right now, but I will get back to you first thing in the morning. Until then, let us know a little bit about what you're looking for so we can better assist you tomorrow. That last part is nothing but net twin because Thank you've you. gotten your autoresponder to take off a few more back and forth questions Amen. for you while you're sleeping. Yeah. So having your autoresponder ask for somebody's due date, asking for what they're looking for, inspo pictures and asking for their budget or, you know, what they're looking to, you know, what the party is, how many people are going to be there. You'll get to know before you ever sit down everything you need to know to get started. And you're like, 
Heather, what if someone's like, but they're going to run to someone because I'm sleeping. Plus the person they run to, it's fine. It, it is. It, it is a risk you take. But if you can't even, if you're so exhausted from baking that you can't even keep your business open, then it's not worth it. And that's why guarding your mental health in this aspect is huge for the success of your future business. I tell Corey, look at the things that cause you anxiety or stress, the people, the things, the parts of your job. And right there is where you need to focus on something because the stress doesn't take care of itself. It never does. If someone gets mad at you for having a straight eight hours of sleep, that's not your ideal client. That is someone who respects you, who respects your business and respects your boundaries are who you want to sell to. That's who you need to cultivate. If someone gets angry that you were not awake at 3 a.m. talking about. I just don't think you're going to. I I just think you got to see. I don't think so either. The people on the other side of the computer aren't these monsters. They're our clients and they... I work really late, right? I just enjoy just dragging out my workday. But, you know, I'm sending emails at 7 or 8 or 9 p.m. at night, and it says, hey, at the end, like, don't worry about I'm not expecting a reply. I just want to make sure you know I know that you got an email from me. And I think that is healthy. That is healthy mentally. It's healthy for business. And that is my first step on things you can do to help your mental health. Heather, take the next one away. Actually, I'm just going to add one more to the one you're saying. Sorry. I really like, we had talked about this in a prior podcast, but I really like quiet for Gmail because it silenced my email from pinging the server. So an away message is good, but it still lets you know that somebody messaged you. Unfortunately, yeah. Okay. That mental tax, that taking up space in your brain, not paying rent, that is still exhausting. So our cousin, if she ever listens to this again, I'll be surprised. But our cousin Jenny was trying to set up boundaries. So she was invited to a work meeting on her day off on Saturday. And she said, my family nickname is oddly head. She said, head, I, I, I don't want to go to this meeting, but I see the invite and it's bothering me. And I said, Jen, you need something that makes it so you don't even know the invite yeah. ever existed because your boundary said you weren't going anyways. So let's say you're still reading messages. It still caused me anxiety. It still caused me anxiety. So what I have is my Gmail on my phone actually turns off after 7 p.m. And it gives me the quiet for Gmail app. It gives me a heads up saying, hey, just so you know, you're about to go silent. Your Gmail is about to go silent at 7. Check anything le- left. I can still force it to ping it. But that was my own choice. But that is a, a business boundary that is also protecting Heather's mental health. Unfortunately, right. I'm very nosy, so I leave everything on. <laughs> it is what it is. Okay, but if Corey wakes up and she finds herself getting stressed after hours, it's her job to assess what's causing the stress Ex- and what you yeah. can do to mitigate it. So Absolutely. quiet for Gmail, really loving that thing. After we talked about the podcast, I have been using it exclusively. I love it. On the weekends, I have it pinged one time. I love that. I think the one thing people are going to take away from this podcast is the fact that your nickname is Head, and that's all they're going to hear. (laughs) You want me to tell them your family nickname? Corkle Bun Squirt. (laughs) Okay. Okay, I retreat. (laughs) I retreat. So our next one is one that we see often because oftentimes a lot of these people are hobby bakers. They're not hobby bakers. I'm going to call them side hustlers. I think science is a hobby. One man, if you're making money, you're not a hobby person. Also, if you're in sugar cookie marketing group, you're here to take your business to the next level. Yeah. This is not a hobby anymore. You're learning how to reach new clients. It's a part-time job, and then it's going to be a full-time job. Right. (laughs) So the the next thing, the next tip. So we had set up an autoresponder on Mm -hmm. Facebook. I added the quiet for Gmail. The next one is you don't have to be everywhere, but you do have to be somewhere. So Corey, when we're talking about that, what am I saying? Okay. What she is saying is there is no end to the marketing avenues. You can put your time to grow your business. Mm-hmm. Um, you could, if you wanted to, you could be a social media manager, you know, and then you wouldn't be a baker anymore. That's how That's much. That's exactly what we tell our exactly. clients is they're like, you know, I say, Hey, here's what we're going to do. Okay. Hey, you could steal this and do it yourself, but you're not going to be a plumber anymore. You're going to be an SEO because of how much work it involves. So we find ourselves fitting in best with clients who have too much to do and no time to market, which is a lot of the people here who don't have the expendable budget to hire a marketing team, but they know that they need to be somewhere. But what we're saying is you don't need to be everywhere. Right. So a lot of people don't use Twitter or LinkedIn. You can park those pages, reserve the dom- you know, reserve the LinkedIn forward slash pages forward slash sugar cookie marketing so somebody doesn't steal it from you and then you have to use an underscore at the end. Instagram. <laughs> but you don't actually have to be active on it if that's not where your target audience is and if you do not have the time. And that is a big part of mental health. Um, when you feel like you are being pulled in a million directions and by the time you're, you go to bed, you're so mentally exhausted 
that's that takes the joy out of owning a business. It takes joy out of baking. It takes the joy out of absolutely everything. So what we want you to do is we want you to analyze your data. Where is where are your leads coming from? Where's that revenue coming from? Because that's what we want you to put your focus on. Right. If you're if you're not getting leads from Clubhouse, we're not on Clubhouse. Most of our majority of our users are on Facebook. We have some on obviously podcasts, but we're not going to make a Clubhouse account. We don't want to have time for it right now unless it becomes a number one lead source, then you're going to be hearing these voices live all day. <laughs> but what we did was made that mental choice that say, hey, we're not going to pull ourselves in a million directions. Um, we're going to stay on the ones that we see the best return on investment for. And we're going to park the other ones. They're there if we ever need them. They're there if we ever find another minute in the day. Um, but until that point, we're going to actually focus on what we can handle um, that makes us mentally happy and not get overwhelmed. So a lot of people are like, well, the girls talked about, you know, being on TikTok, being on Instagram, being on Facebook, being on this, being on Pinterest, email marketing, website, uh, that if, if it causes you to freeze and say, I just don't want to do any of it, stop, breathe. These are recommendations. Right. If you had the time, if you're a stay at home mom and you have time to kill because the kids are asleep for an hour, sit down, build out the content for Facebook for the week, for two weeks, for three weeks, if you can breathe and see the next time you can carve out some minutes in your day. But that leads us to our next tip is automation. Ideally, yes, you have someone hired on your team who takes care of LinkedIn, someone that's hired on your team that takes care of Facebook, Instagram. That's not reality, right? It's not. So there are automation tools. Ideally, yes, your captions on Instagram are unique and written for Instagram and your captions on Facebook are unique to Facebook. That's a lot of work. It is. Right. So Facebook offers the free ability to cross post. So you can still use hashtags on both platforms. You can still try to make unique, even create a studio allows you to create a post and change the caption for both platforms at the same time. Right. But automate it. Yeah. So you get double the benefits for only one time the work. Because we want you, we want you to stay happy in your business. And I know people can come into the group and you feel overwhelmed. Someone had a successful pop-up. Someone's doing a virtual class. Someone's doing this. And you feel like, oh, I need to be doing all of these things or I'm not going to be successful. And that's just not the truth. Right. Just be somewhere and be there. Keep showing up there. And then as you carve in more time, or let's say you expand your team or you find that, you know, hey, I can quit my day job to make this my new day job. You'll be able to add a little bit more of those things in there. An example this week. So I like to see where there's something that there's like an automation could exist and it doesn't currently and it's causing me a pain that it doesn't exist. So one of our clients is a beekeeper. However, he doesn't sell bees. So he has a vendor list of bee sellers he recommends you buy from. These bee sellers are mostly farmers. And the way they transfer information is very disjointed. So either a picture of their business cards. Some of them don't have websites or even emails. It's a phone number. Some are sending pricing. It's so haphazard, cattywampus, that it is really hard to. And so John will be like, well, I sent you this. Why isn't it up? I sent you this through a text. No, 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 no. Yeah. Let's automate it. So we created a form on his website that any B seller would have to submit and it would send an email to me and it would send an email to John. But that's not it. Can we make it more automated? Yes. That form I had, I used Zapier to push the form to a Google Drive sheet that updated all their information. So it's all the same format because they had to be, they were required to put in different fields. Right. Now, after that, I'm going to have that Google sheet automatically embedded into his website. So any Data he approves gets pushed onto the website, and guess who's not involved anymore? Heather's no longer involved, and it was really taking a toll on her mentally because to have one person say, where is this information? Where is this information? And the other person said, I sent you it. Where is it? It was stressful. So Heather has automated it. That's why we would suggest, if you haven't already, to take a look at Google Forms. Heather, how much is Google Forms? It is a. It is super uh Cost prohibitive. It is zero dollars. Oh, but what can you do with these forms that would help you in your business? You can do a lot of things. I really like Google Forms because you can have it export to a Google Sheet Mm. and you can have auto responders and you can have a notification emails, things like that. So it really takes the pressure off of everyone to automate tasks. We have a client that does a remodeling company. Anytime someone submits a form, which it's, hey, they're really busy, but when they submit a form, He doesn't know it, the owner of the business. We've talked about it once a year ago. We set up an automation that that person gets a whole email from him. He never wrote it. I wrote it. But what it has is things about the business, pictures they can go look out for inspiration, the showroom hours, and all the stuff they need to feel like, hey, he cares. It does say, hey, listen, this is automated. But if you have any further questions, you know where to find me. 
So it just streamlines it. So if you can get the most information out of your customer with a form uh, that will help you mentally, because you won't go to that back and forth thing, you know, through Facebook Messenger or mm-hmm. whatever, it will help you be happy in your business and it will protect your mental health. So that's what we're all about today. The next one is adding a rush fee. Some people are for it. Some people are absolutely against it. Um, you might say, how does this help my mental health if it gives me more work? And the reason is because that rush fee is what's going to make you happy with this last minute order. It's a dollar amount to compensate you for your time and mental exhaustion that it takes to accept a new client and do their last minute LOL dolls. I turn down orders a lot. Heather can tell you that. <laughs> exclusively (laughs) exclusively custom orders aren't always my pride and joy because it causes you a lot of stress it causes me a lot of stress and anxiety um so when i take a custom order it's one that makes me happy i find joy in it the theme is good or the the client is is perfect right yeah so i heather i had to tell her i got my unicorn client this week i actually didn't want to necessarily take the order because we do have a busy week of work but i told her you can pick one color and that's it I said, you But she was already really back when you started talking to her and she was like, cool, I don't care, man. The more you do for me, the less I care. And it was a perfect combination. Yeah, so she gets to choose one color. Everything's up to me. She's paying my prices and she's picking up where I am. So I want to talk about the ethical dilemma behind rush fees because whenever somebody asks us in the group, there's about 50 comments saying, I don't charge a rush fee. And listen, it's your business. You don't have to, Mm -hmm. but we're here to make money and we're here to do it effectively so here's my argument in favor of rush fees. Tell me. Rush fees are saying, hey, don't place orders last minute. It is it is setting boundaries. It's setting boundaries. But it also says, but if you do want to place an order last minute, I have a price. I can be bought. I can be bought too. Mm-hmm. So at a certain price, you're saying, hey, listen, I don't want to take this order. But if you're willing to pay me extra, it's enough payment for me to be okay with taking this order. And every time I want to roll my eyes, I think of that extra payment. And I'm fine with it. So people say, well, what do you charge? The second ethical, after we get past the fact that people don't think rush fees are ethical, which is mind-blowing, they're just fine. However you want to run your business is fine. There's two ways you can do this. Mm -hmm. I know Heather's way, so I'm going to say the other one that she doesn't say. You can do a percentage of the entire sale. And a lot of people do it this way, whether it be 20%. um, Some people will do an additional $10 a dozen and the Heather takeaway with what you think it should be. Okay, guys, this is, I love me a business boundary. The rush fee should be the amount at which you're willing to do the cookies for without complaining. Okay. So say if I'm having a bad Friday, someone calls in, my rush order might be a little bit more because I'm having a bad day. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. So let's say, hey, listen, the amount it would take for me to want to do this is very high. Yeah. That tells them. So, I mean, be fair, but yeah. So let's say I had $46 a dozen. Okay. Okay. I, I do not want to do this order. Okay. But you pay me an extra 26, buddy, and you got 12 dozen, you got a dozen cookies coming your way. Absolutely. I will have to say Amazon does this as well. Mm-hmm. They do next day or same day delivery for an additional $2.99 on some products. Mm-hmm. Do you know how many times I've taken them up on that? Uh, a ton, I imagine. Yeah, because I want to, I want instant gratification. I remember thing, everything last minute. So it is actually beneficial for me to have the option. But you put out Amazon, you put out a UPS driver. But they were like, hey, we're down for this if you are down for this. And guess what? When you tell your customers no, like just no, and you don't even try the rush fee, even though the rush fee, even though you could probably take the order if the rush fee was good enough, um, you're you're maybe doing a disservice to your customers, just saying. That's fine. It's a boundary. Hey, I don't take late orders. I just don't do it. It's too much stress for me. I build out my calendar five months in advance like some of these amazing people who are that put together. So, hey, rush orders aren't for me. Then you have the middle people who say, hey, at a certain price, I'm willing to do it. I'm willing to do it. Then you have the other people leaving money on the table and working a lot of extra hours. And that is fine. It's not how I would run my business. I am here to make money. This is not a charity. Right. So I think mentally to advocate for yourself, if it is a financial gain uh, to help you mentally with an order, I think I'm 100% for it as I am the person that is willing to pay extra for something that I want as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I wanted um, I wanted some, uh, I wanted a dress once okay. for some event. 
But I waited until the last minute. Mm-hmm. So they were like, okay, you waited till last minute. It's, you know, 20 extra bucks to overnight it. And so I'm like, well, buddy, I waited till last minute. But I want the product more than I care about the $20. Let's make it happen, Kevin. Right. So both people actually leave that sale happy. When you accommodate a rush fee that protects your best interests. Mm-hmm. But if you don't charge a rush fee, you're actually rewarding bad behavior. Mm-hmm. But it's not, I don't care. It's fine. If you want to do this, it's fine. But you're also creating a stress in your life. Right. And this is all about how to you lessen the stress. You can't scale stresses. it. You can't you scale it if you're scale stressed. It. Absolutely not. And that is huge. When you have a business, if you if it's not scalable, it will not be profitable. So a lot of people say, well, I'm just doing on this side. Then don't charge your rush fee. You're just you doing do whatever this for you want. fun anyways. But if right. you're here, I'm here to make money. I'm building out my schedule. I have to get things regimented, this, this. Then you're looking at a rush fee to protect yourself and make it worth your time because time is money and you must charge for time. It's not a part of profit. It is cost. It is. I'm going to go to the next one and okay. Heather break it down for us. It's okay to take time off. Yeah, Corey and I take off random days throughout the week sometimes, but nobody would know it. How does someone not know it? Because we automated our content at the beginning of the week, so it's still going. The A lot of times, here's the thing. What I love to do is when a client emails me and I say, listen, I'm going to follow up with you on that next week. I write the email right then, and I use Gmail has built-in free scheduler, uh-huh. and it sends out when I, I'm not there. I don't wrote that. I wrote that when I told you I was going to follow up with you, not when I actually was supposed to. Yeah. So what we're trying to say is it is okay to take a break if you need that break. Your business is only a business if you are there. So if Mm -hmm. you run yourself into the ground, you're not going to have a successful business. You're not going to be happy and everything around you You is just going to suffer. You You will. will The burnout is just there. So taking a break um, is important. Me and Heather are getting ready to go to Disney World. So excited. and our content for our clients, the content for us, will go up while we, we are there, but we'll be on a break. So right. I'll have everything automated. So we have a copywriter on the team. I'll send that to him the week out, and he'll have 30 days to get it back to me. As he gets it back to me, great. He adds it to a Google Drive sheet so I can keep track of it. Everything's wonderful. Everything else is automated. Corey's scheduling out these things. We're actually testing out a new software that even automates what the software wants to post. So we just load it up with content. It decides when it wants to push it out. So we don't even actually have to be there each and every time and it can repurpose content for us. So say if someone says, but my my customer base will leave me if I take a break. Well, let's, let's do this. What if you wanted to take a month off? What would you do? I would say I would absolutely let people know. It mm-hmm. is, I would have a few posts going up, you know, right before I go on my break, mm-hmm. just so I can be there, but I'm not necessarily there. Um, I would use them to hype up your reopening. I would say, hey guys, I'm, go- you know, the initial, hey, I'm going on a break, whatever the reasons you want to give. And then, but I'm still going to be here posting up some cookie creation, some throwback Thursday, some funny memes. But then every post that goes up, like, you know, T minus 28 yeah. days. So get me your orders. Shoot me an email. I'll ch- get back to you. But I'm taking orders for August. I'm taking off July, but August is wide open. So get on my calendar now, but schedule that all the day before you take this month long break. Yeah. And it is okay to take a break. Your your customers are human, just like you are. We all get exhausted. We all need breaks every now and then. And you are okay with taking a break. You cannot post to IG for three days. And guess what? Your account will still be there. Mm-hmm. Um, you can take a break from Facebook, and guess what? Zuckerberg will still be waiting for you when you come mm-hmm. back. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of people say, "No, if uh, you guys always preach consistency, mm-hmm. but before consistency, before marketing, before business, we want your mental health to be where it should be because without that, nothing else matters." Yeah, I absolutely agree. Um, moving right along, Comparison is the thief of joy. This is a solid one. A lot of people yeah. get analysis paralysis when they start looking around at the competition. It is. I mean, it's almost humanly impossible not to. But there are ways. Tell me. Don't follow them. So are you saying that if something is not causing me joy that I should maybe perchance leave it? Cut it out of your life? Possibly. That's actually what I did. I don't, I'm not on social media personally. I just... It just was sucking up a lot of my time. I am on TikTok. Sucking up a ton of my time. <laughs> no, Heather did. Uh, she advocated for herself. She used to be on Facebook a ton. Now she is just on there in a working aspect. She's She doesn't have friends on Facebook. She's not on Messenger messaging people. She literally is just there for work. And then once work is done, she is no longer on the platform unless I send her cute dog photos that I found. Incessant. 
But that's exactly right. So Corey, we work in search engine optimization. How many SEO companies locally do you look at? Zero. Right. Because what's the point? As long as we're working on being the best that we can be, that's all we can do. Right. And to this aspect too, Heather, if I'm having a bad day and I ruined an entire cookie tray, do you think I'm going to post that all the time? Do you think I'm going to tell people when I'm struggling? I've seen your butter blade. I've seen those cookies. I've eaten those cookies. They (laughs) taste delicious, but you didn't post about them. But that's what you have to remember. People are having bad days. That doesn't make it to social media. And social media is a highlight reel. I'm even going to say this, and you're like, I can't believe you'd say this. If you have mental anguish when you come to Sugar Cookie Marketing Group and you need a break from us, um, I'm okay with that. Leave the group if that's going to help you and come back when you grow some confidence in your ability to market, to market. But you know what we're working on for people who feel maybe overwhelmed by all the tips and back and forth in the group, we're just posting some major tips to the Facebook page, which is, you know, it's just coming from Corey and I and not saying it's biblical, but no, it's the stuff that we feel like, Hey, if you get anything today, try this. Yeah. So a lot of people had a lot of success in their Easter pop-ups. Um, we almost, I want to say every two seconds I saw a post that I sold out of my Easter pop-ups, pop-ups popping up. It was exclusive. It was crazy. But some people I know had Easter pop-ups that didn't have the success that others did. And it's so easy to get in your mind that something's wrong with you. Something's wrong with your products. You know, you're not meant for business and that's just absolutely not true. So if you need to cut things out, whether it be, you know, another cookie or an area that you need to stop seeing her post in your feed, if you need to take a break from groups, because it seems like everyone's having success than you take a break. I want you to find the confidence in your product, in yourself and in your marketing, and that's what your focus needs to be on. You need to have put those little blinders on. Mm-hmm. Um, Here's a tip. I know this is going to sound so mean, and we're actually running way over this time. I guess we're I just know, starving. <laughs> um, there was a lady that we worked with in one capacity, and she was extremely, extremely rude. Okay, I think uh, I know exactly, I know exactly what you're talking about. about. But she was very notoriously kind of infamous in the marketing world, but I just, seeing her name pop up caused me anxiety. So I blocked her, not out of animosity, but to protect my mental health. She didn't have to see me. I didn't have to see her. And my life continued on and neither of us care. Right. So if like, if I'm in the group, somebody, you don't like the way somebody talked to you? Block them. It's fine. Block, block me and Corey. I'm not sure what would happen if you blocked an admin. <laughs> I block Heather every day. <laughs> but block the people. If you don't, if you disagree yeah. with what somebody said and you don't like seeing it, yeah, you know. If you're doing it to be spiteful, maybe it feels good. I don't know. I think you're cutting your nose to spite your face. But if, hey, this person, they're very rude. I do not like what they're doing. They cause me stress. They cause me anxiety. Block them. And guess what? You two no longer exist in each other's world. And it is okay. And you were fine. You One less connection you didn't like. Sign me up. Yeah. Trim the fat off of your contact list. And I promise you the gold remaining ones will be people that truly added value to yeah. life. You owe nobody anything. I, me and Heather do this, well, before Heather deleted her Facebook, and we go through our friends list and remove people. Uh, people not at a spite. No, just not at a spite. That relationship has served its purpose, and now it's come to an end, and it's fine. Facebook removed the ability to say goodbye forever, but I think we got to bring it back. I know. So I don't have a large friends list, and I'm okay with that, because what is in my feed is what gives me joy. So I am protecting my mental health by showing by advocating for myself and removing people. And it's, it's not a bad thing. It's, no. There's really isn't bad. You're not losing these people forever. They don't get swiped off the face of the earth. You're just no longer in your feed. Um, so you really have curated content that promotes mental health. And think about this. I know I know a lot of cookie people have sent me prime requests. I don't accept them because I'm not on Facebook. They're signing up for literally nothing. Right. But when you connect with somebody through a common interest, Suddenly, when you're in their world, you realize that that's the only interest you share. Yeah. But you feel obligated for some unknown reason to say, well, I got to maintain this. You do not have to maintain it. You don't. And you can support them. Right. You, from the sidelines. and that's, Agree to discreet. Okay. That's a beautiful thing. You can't hate somebody for opposing beliefs. No. We all have beliefs and such. But you don't owe it to them to cringe every time they say something that you maybe disagree with. Right. Just cut it out. Right. Or people that go on lavish vacations and you're like, here, I'm stuck in my sweatpants. Take me to Disney too. <laughs> Take me to Disney too. Um, but if that causes you anxiety, if it, if it affects you. Facebook gives you the option to see fewer posts from yeah, person. absolutely. They'll never know and you'll be better off for it. It doesn't mean you don't like them. It doesn't mean, it just means that you're advocating for yourself. Mm-hmm. And that is 100% okay with everybody in my book. Yeah. Wash, rinse, repeat. Amen. 
This next one is Heather's favorite thing. Um, It is okay to fire your client. But caveat, our clients are not our enemies. They, in fact, pay our bills. I love my clients. I love them. I love the ones that love me. I love the ones that respect me. I do. Not all of them are our ideal client. Right. So we have to let them go. Corey and I do not. Every time somebody says, how should I, how should I let this person go? People are like, tell her go bleep, 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 bleep. Or, whoa. Or tell, tell her you're going to be booked for the next 50 years. Wow. Like hilarious. <sighs> but listen, everything with kindness and compassion, right? Right. So tell her how we normally let somebody go. We tell somebody, hey, your business is at a point that we can no longer, we're no longer the perfect fit for you. It'd probably be better for you to hire somebody in-house. One, it'll save you money. Two, you'll be able to get the interaction and communication that you're requiring. Um, so we're not a big fan of telling a white lie, like, hey, we're booked right now. We're more, hey, this is the end of the road. Uh, we try. We wish you the best of luck. There's someone out there that fits you better than we can fit your needs right now. And guess what? We are better for it. Are they always happy with that answer? Absolutely. No, they were just not. fired. No, they were just fired. But but it, they were fired in the best way possible. Yeah. Hey, you've outgrown us. You're more successful than we can provide for you. Exactly. Yeah, Corey and I take the little L. No, that that lady was crazy. No, she was crazy, but we're not gonna tell a crazy person they're crazy. No. But we do wish them the best of luck. If we can, you know, if they Make have transition any- process better, give them some tips. Hey, I recommend changing your passwords after we roll off these accounts. Right. That is how we end up firing clients. And that is a pro move on how to advocate for your mental health. You have a client, and I know everyone right now is thinking of somebody. It's going to be someone who always thinks the squeaky wheel gets the grease, who when you see their name come up in Messenger. Dread. That little panic, that little uh, your heart, yeah. your heart, your bun clenches a little bit. That's the person that you need to remove. Uh, from your client list and you can do it nice. You can do it fairly. And even though you're like, but I'm having a loss of income right now, the amount of mental health you will gain from removing that person from your client list is so much more value added Uh than getting a sale that makes you unhappy. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, absolutely. It's just letting people down nice and easy. The same way you would break up with somebody. Don't ghost them. That's no, don't ghost them. Right. You don't like when a client ghosts you. You don't, don't ghost, ghost the client. So we always try to respect the people, treat others how you'd like to be treated. So, hey, if this is not working out for you, you know, let me know. Let me know the same way you break up with me in a way that's nice. Yeah. Because everyone can leave a breakup feeling not great, but okay. Yeah. You can say, okay, well, thank you so much for letting me know. You make some great points. Yeah, I guess we're not a perfect match, but I appreciate the feedback and I'll work on those things in the future. Right. So me and Heather have probably let go a handful of clients over the years. Um, and it's always been a good move. I've never looked back and been like, nah, we should have kept it. Absolutely. Zero percent of the times have been like, man, that could have been the difference between us being millionaires and billionaires. Yeah, we're not it's, millionaires it's or not billionaires. Like that. Maybe that was... We're trillionaires. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, okay, let's move on to voicemails because I know I took up a huge chunk of time there. Okay, we're actually making our way through voicemails, so I'm going to need people to stay hey, up. Hey, yeah, man, give us a phone call. Let me give that phone number real quick. 571-556-5644. Basically, if you hit the middle line on your phone, you'll probably end up calling us. <laughs> but you can also text us. Hey, even easier. Yeah, but no one answers the phone when you call anyway, so don't worry about oh, it. So you won't even get one of us. We won't be like, hello, this car I have. I have my worst nightmare. <laughs> okay, so the first voicemail, I'm going to play it right here. Let me turn the volume up. Hold on. Hey, ladies. I just wanted to drop a question to the Marvelous Miracle Twist sisters. Um, I am fairly new. I have been an LLC for uh, about a year and a half, and um, I want to kick things up a notch this year, The well, I guess the back half of this year. Um, and I want to know, what is the best way to go about building a website? Should I do it myself? Is it worth it to hire someone else to do it for me? Because um, I have seen websites that are from templates that looked exactly the same as another website. And, like, my business mind notices that. And I don't know if that's um, – is that cheap? Like, are other people going to notice that? Is that – a bad thing like it's a it's a realm that i'm i'm not familiar with so i would love your expertise i love this podcast this is amazing i love the group you guys are awesome um i look forward to um having you answer my questions thanks well i love that i'm gonna let you take it away because i know you are the website queen extraordinaire 
Okay, we preach that websites are phenomenal, and that's because they are. Why, Corey? Because you own it, technically. Technically. Right. You're renting the space on a server somewhere, probably here in Northern Virginia, but you own your website versus Facebook, where you're held to the algorithm. But again, Facebook uh, websites are held to Google's algorithm, which is our day job. But that said, websites are great. If it causes you anxiety to even think about getting started, I'd 100% recommend hiring it out to somebody who knows how to do it better. I do that in our day job. So if, you know, you know what I kind of hate doing? Migrating websites. Right. Heather. You know what I do? I hire somebody who does it for 50 bucks and I don't have to think about it. All I have to say is, is it done yet? Are you advocating for your mental health? I am advocating for mental health. If it causes me more anxiety Mm -hmm. than I want to handle, I'll hire it out and it'll be a great investment. So to the aspect of if she sees dupe sites, should she get a custom-made site? No. Um, duplicate sites. Corey, how many? Let's pretend. What can I ask you a question about? Let's say we're going to hire an HVAC guy. Okay. How many websites would you probably go to before you make to, made a buying decision? Three. Three. What are the odds of them being identical? Slim. What if they were similar but had different colors? I wouldn't know. Yeah, and you probably wouldn't care. You're probably looking more at their reviews to see if there's people saying, absolute scam, don't hurt Yeah, for bakers, I'm looking at the menu. Do they even have what I need? So many bakers don't have a website that the last thing I think people are going to be like is, what are the odds that somebody in a small town has the exact same website as somebody else in a small town? Right. With Heather and what we do for our clients is we say, I want you to find five websites you like. They're going to try to see um, the similarities between those five, and that's what we know that they want. So you can kind of make a site you know, hey, I like this thing at the top. You know, I like this call to action here. So you can right. kind of get a unique site. Um, without- I think what she's speaking about is Square. A lot of people use Square. Uh, it's not my favorite. Okay. It's not my favorite. But Square must have a template like most of these builders do. And it says, hey, this is the one for bakers. So you download the baker template. And now you see a lot of people have it. And you're like, oh, my goodness, are people? No, I can't begin to describe to you how never in my life has it ever been an issue to have a very similar site? No, because your content on there will be different. Mm-hmm. Your words, your photos. Your offerings. The fact that they're able to place an order with you online through a payment it's portal, huge. that's what they want. Yeah. So don't focus on the minutia of, I have a website and there's like similar. I have a, your product photography shouldn't and won't be similar. Your copy won't be similar. Maybe the layout will be similar, but I got to say, if Square's giving it out as a template, it must be because it's working. Right. So don't worry about the, don't just, worry about that. I would just get a site because I think you are in the right direction there. Mm-hmm. Um, and then if you feel like it's causing you anxiety or it's just m- mind boggling to even start. Hire it out, man. Hire don't it out. fight it. If you're going to sit there and learn how to do websites, that's how I got into this. I th- Someone I have- burned Heather. And I said, well, I'm going to sit here and figure out how to do it. And guess what? I don't work for that company anymore. I do sites. Yeah. It's, it's a lot of work. Right. It was so much time investment that I was like, well, let me just make this a thing. But if you have the time and you're like, hey, I'm trying to work here with a budget and, you know, my mental health can take this because I'm excited about it. Absolutely do it. I'll mm-hmm. figure it out. Take step by step. There's so many YouTube videos out there. Yeah, what I really like is creating a PSD mock-up in Photoshop and sending it to a builder and just saying, hey, make this happen. You lost everyone with the word PSD. So. Okay, so when I you can uh, I create a website mock-up. It's just a picture. Okay. Imagine it's almost a drawing. Oh, okay. I do create it in Photoshop, but you can do it on Procreate if you wanted to. Okay. Then I say, I really like this. I send the image uh-huh. to a guy. He lives in, I think he lives in Iran. He and I work together a lot, so yeah. I really trust him. I give him all the stuff he needs to get started, and he says, I'll call you in a day and a half. That's how yeah. long he takes. He he does phenomenal work. If you yeah. looked at the sugarcookiemarketing.com website, yeah, it was built that way. I, cre- I designed it, sent it to Akib, and Akib sent it back. In a so great working relationship there. Highly recommend a website. Move over to our next one. Text. Why don't you read it, but slowly. Okay. Hello, Corey and Heather. I have a question. I know you two will be doing a live on teaching classes. I had a local bakery in my very small town contact me wanting to discuss business. I said, great. When would be a great time for us to get together and chat? Hasn't happened yet, but she continues to message me asking some questions. I'm happy to respond. Just don't have the twins best answer yet. 
She is wondering if I plan to teach classes. I'm going to ass- I'm going to assume her decorating needs some awesome lessons, if you know what I mean. I've seen their cakes and they recently started decorating cookies. Now I do plan to teach classes. I'm just about to go into renovation mode with my kitchen and will be taking a brief break. So my question is, would you charge a business differently? Would you run and say no? Would you just eat their delicious cupcakes and tell them to stick with what they do well? Thank you both for everything you do. Corey is my favorite twin. Oh, man, I just read it. I read what I read. It definitely says head is best. (laughs) Okay, well, Heather, we did discuss this one. I'll let you take over the answer. Okay, Corey had a great point when we're talking about this. If, are they trying, are they going to be your competition? Probably, right? So they want you to teach them so they can sell it themselves. If you don't, will they find somebody else to teach them? Yeah, they will. They'll either do it online, which is super easy, or they'll find somebody else in your neighborhood and hire them. Yeah. Or you can make the money and do you it You can make them. the money. You cannot stop competition. It's healthy to have competition. If you didn't have competition, you'd have you'd probably be an wrong, unsustainable yeah, You'd be industry. in the wrong industry. And the best part of this is they're going to learn and start, start selling cookies in their bakery. They're probably not going to start teaching classes. But guess who's going to become a referral source if someone classes. exactly so by investing in those people i would charge them a little bit more because uh they're going to be making we'll a charge bundle them considerably that. more you have one-on-one time they have your captive audience you're telling them everything they want to know i would say you're looking if it were me at at least a couple hundred dollars for an hour or two for an hour or two and it more depending on how detailed they want right. to get at decorating i can tell you um as from experience it's not a one-day learning thing no uh heather has seen the massacre of cookies that i have made I to have at least to get where the bare level i am now so i would really think about maybe saying yes to this um Corey, charging your training your competition hey, why would you tell us to do that are we supposed to burn down the bakery no because when small businesses win we all win um, high tide turn, raises yeah. all ships high tides raises all ships uh-huh. so you know they probably have a little bit of a more of a market to reach people with their brick and mortar but that's you guys are attracting different people they're probably selling to walk-ins yeah you are cultivating a list you're making it more custom it's just a different market there's a safeway and a giant and a harris teeter and an aldi and a trader joe's within 10 minutes of this house we're sitting in currently right they're all flourishing yeah they're, they're all right. there so it's it's a sustainable market if people are entering it if they're leaving it that's a red flag all right Okay. So again, that number is 571-556-5644. Please call. I think we've really dug through a lot of these now, so we need like new phone calls. Okay. So Um, I want three of you listening right now. Just three. To call in. Make up a question. Yeah. Just throw us an easy one. What's your favorite soda? That would be easy. That would be good. (laughs) Okay. So uh, moving on. We're running. We're almost at the hour mark. Hey, I'm awesome. sorry, guys. Hey, Cheesecake Ninja is going to have to take a two-and-from round trip. <laughs> okay, so group challenges. I think, Twin, Oh, we should do another 3 by 3 by 3 challenge for May. I am totally down because it was so successful for me the first time. So what are your – you were looking at your insights today. What what are you looking at? I am looking – I love looking at my insights. Um, it does take good content, good consistent mm-hmm. content to grow. Um, but I have seen myself grow with followers, uh, with engagement. Um, I did – I went ham on Heather's 3 by 3 by 3 and turned it into like 28 by 28 by 28. Mm-hmm. But I think it's easy to digest. It's easy for us to do. So I'm totally down with the month of May. So what is a three by three by three challenge? I think you comment on three people you do know. Mm-hmm. You comment on three people you don't know. And then you comment on three people that are following you and you're not following them. Yes. And then that is how you have a uh, very healthy mm-hmm. overall marketing plan for your mm-hmm. Instagram. And it's pretty simple. The $1.80 rule simple. was quite aggressive and wildly successful if you it did was. it. Yeah, a lot of people saw benefits um, from it. That's 90 comments. Now we're taking about to nine comments. Yeah, that's easy peasy. And it's just not like, beautiful cookies or cool it is reading their captions looking at what they they created um reading the captions answering the questions if they did that asking a question asking a question creating a conversation so if you're going local you're going to do this for local folks if you're trying to be an influencer and you want other bakers to follow you you're going to do it to baking accounts Mm -hmm. it really depends on your target audience Corey and i want more bakers to follow us that's who our target is we're telling the bakers how to market so we want them to follow us but Corey has a personal account. Maybe she wants people to take her class. She's not going to care so much about cookies. She's going to really work on growing local people. Amen. Okay, we have some lives. We just covered a really awesome live. How to so nail good. Mother's Day pre-sales. It's really about pre-sales in general. 
Um, yeah, and she said Mother's Day, but you could use it for any. It was amazing. Any pre-sale. It was great. Yeah, she had so many little tips and tricks you just didn't think about. I'm going to give you a little like one. She has actually two pickup locations for every pre-sale. She has one on her side of town, one on the opposite side of town. She's bribed somebody. I think it was a past client to say, "Hey, if you let me use your Location, front porch." Yeah. I'll give you extra cookies. Yeah, you get to keep whatever doesn't sell. Yeah, which none of it doesn't sell, which is hilarious. It's crazy. But she still gives her free cookies. Yeah, I thought that was a phenomenal live. And if you missed it, you can actually go up to the events tab in the group. Heather so graciously uh, shares the live within the actual event. So you can scroll down into the discussion and you can find it there. Right. Also, we have taught by you and me. Tomorrow at 1030, which will be Thursday, is everything you've ever wanted to know about teaching sugar cookie decorating classes i did the stats and Corey and i have had almost 200 people in and out of our class doors yeah in just the last six months yeah yeah maybe about seven months maybe i guess we're i don't know it's been a lot i feel like my weekends are yeah, 200 are, people have walked through our door and our average ticket price is well not average 70 bucks yeah 70 bucks yeah. so so we're going to tell you everything that we do. Um, hopefully we'll answer a ton of questions. You already gave so many. So if you go into that event and have a question, type it in there, especially if you're going to miss it and you want us to be able to get to it. Yeah. The live will be in the main group, but again, I'll link to Does this mean have live. to shower. Yeah. Unfortunately right. tomorrow. So I'm going to need you to try a little bit. Uh, then we have how to create, build and grow a cookie business newsletter with Jennifer grow. I'm actually excited about this one. Um, newsletters are great. When Corey and I don't have a class full, we shoot out a newsletter to pass attendees with a $10 off code and say, just get your butt in the seat, man. Oh, and I, I want to say 95% of the time it will fill our classes. Mm-hmm. So we had a, we had a class this weekend, two remaining seats, sent out an email for 10 bucks off. A uh, past client returned with a, her niece who was extremely talented and says, hey, I'd like to come back to future classes. So we've yeah. even used it, love it. to fill in more. Uh, then we have porch pops up. <laughs> I love it. Porch pop ups for rural communities and small towns with Jess Clapper. She is a pig farmer. She has got the coolest TikTok ever. Find her there. <laughs> yeah. And then she's going to say she, her thing was, hey, a lot of people say they can't do this because they live in a small town. They can because I do it. Yeah. So she is going to remove all of the doubt doubt and then excuses yeah right then we actually have instagram marketing with courtney from bakery tico and she is the prompt queen she is actually phenomenal on instagram if you haven't followed her follow her already her tiktoks are pretty funny her tiktoks are hilarious but she does share it on instagram so you can get both there um but she will be a very good one to listen to if you have any questions on how to create engagement in instagram and then we have a really interesting live coming up we're still setting it up i have to create the event it's a relationships and baking oh right so back to kind of the mental health thing is a group member lisa had a lot of contention in her marriage from baking it was taking up so much of her time she didn't feel supported her husband felt neglected so they came up with a pretty interesting solution compromise that works really well for both of them and she just wanted to give people in the group some tips on how to manage your relationship while you're working these extra hours i think this is a huge one because we do feel isolated no one wants to be like my family hates me what do i do right Um, here's my cute cookies nothing's (laughs) cute behind the scenes yeah i cried while i was making these so that will be actually a really good one um to tune into is that the correct date on there yeah we just uh firmed it up today she lives in the yukon so I had to so do cool. like Yukon to Eastern Standard Time <laughs> translation. So she goes live at, I think she said it was 1 p.m. It'll be at 4 p.m. for us. Okay. On the 27th. Mm-hmm. All right. Now we are at Twinterests. Yeah. Okay. I have my Twinterest. You guys actually sold out of that black royal icing. I could spank each one of you uh, because you can no longer find it on uh, Amazon. But my Twinterest, this one, is a zester. And you're like, what does zester and sounds spicy lemon zester uh, <laughs> um if you, i didn't know people didn't know this but say if you have a set uh even if you were doing a puzzle set or squares that need well, to your credit card thing. oh so i did this sephora i actually collabed with them i do a post about it in the group so if you want to tune in this week because i'll tell you how it went but they wanted 50 credit card cookies heather made me a credit card cookie cutter and when i baked sometimes they come out with a little bit rounded edges but we do you all remember know i gave you the stencil yeah, I, I'm calling her out when oh, okay, I post okay. it. Yes, so she'll be good to go. Um, but we did have a member who helped me with the stencil. I need it in like no time at all, and she was amazing. So why did she say that about the cutter? I made? 
You need it. Oh, Heather made it. No time. She's amazing. <laughs> okay, but with a credit card, we needed those crispy lines on the side. So you actually use this tiny zester you can find on Amazon, and it gives you crisp lines. So if you need something like you just you, shave off the side, of you just shave off the side, and then you use your shavings, and you could do use it for a sand scene if you're doing a beach theme oh, or something like that. Thing. Yeah, you can absolutely use it. It's super fine. So it is really. Universal, you're using twice, a win-win. Um, if you're doing the front port set, this is what I use the zester for so it can oh. sit super tight. That's great. Corey's new thing is to make packaging interactive. So our, we have a couple of neighbor kids. He's about nine or ten, and he's figured that if he think he thinks he thinks if he can challenge us, so he'll funny. get a free cookie. So he'll be like, hey, I don't know, like boats? Like, can you even do it? And I'm like, yeah, dude, I can do a boat. I can't. I can print the cutter. So I printed Corey the cutter. She made a boat, but then she used blue sprinkles in the packaging. So I know you made dirt the other day using a we did grounded Oreo. Oreos. But if you use this zester to create the you could sand, do the sand, it would be so cute. It'd be such a cute sand. Love it, love it. That was my twin interest. Okay, mine's much less boring, much more boring. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh wow, okay, mine's amazing. <laughs> no, I really, uh, I've been in the spirit of automation. I use Asana as a project management software. It's free for one person. Okay, great. So, but in Asana, I can create templates. So, for an example, if what I do is I have a trigger set up to say five days prior to a sugar cookie class, then it says, okay, one day out, do this. Two days out, do this. Three days out, do this. And it creates a checklist and assigns it to me with a due date that I don't have to think about because I've already set it up one time. Nice. And it tells me everything I need to do. So I never have to keep thinking about what happens when I have to do something. It's like automation with our point we made earlier. Mm, it's almost like these kids get it. Oh, man. Okay. okay. Well, we have talked your ears off, even it's though we are starving. Five minutes. So hopefully you have I'm a lot so of baking, Greg. Yeah, yeah, Greg. So hopefully you have a lot of baking to do. You can listen to this. Otherwise, listen to it one day. Listen to us the next day. All right. Goodbye. Bye.